Welcome to A Shame of Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's um, Hoobastank of a TV show, A Game of Thrones. Uh, with me, as always, is Brian. You doing all right, Brian? Yeah. Great. And uh, we have a special guest, Jermaine. How you doing, Jermaine? I'm good. Hoobastank forever. Yeah. Do you uh, do you remember what Hoobastank uh, their hit was? I was just trying to sing it in my head, and I can't. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Living on in eternity. <laughs> Immortal. I've been crawling in the dark. No, that sounds made up. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's probably. All right, um, so uh, we're here to talk about uh, episode seven of season four called Mockingbird. We all know that Mockingbird is um, uh, Peter Baelish's uh, sigil, self-assigned sigil, and we all know that his parents sigil was the uh a titan's head right because he's from bravos originally you know that right i did not know yeah, that i didn't think so god damn that's the kind of knowledge you get here <laughs> yeah that's the kind of shit you get uh but before we jump into this episode i've got to talk to you jermaine we wanted to have you on last week because you had the great honor of somehow being able to uh, exchange money for a ticket to go see the game of thrones uh um, Broadway play, or what was it? <laughs> yeah, the, the live concert experience. The live the concert tour. experience. How was that? Was there lots of fire and stuff? How, what? Just, I mean, I'm being joking, but I really want to hear what it was like. Uh, it was pretty awesome. So they, the whole stage show, they use, they have like a traveling band that they use, like a core of performers uh, playing all kinds of crazy instruments, and then they use like the local orchestra. Oh. So they they supplement the uh, stage show. They have a chorus, um, like you know, like monks chanting, all that stuff that they have in the show. Yeah, and they cool. they re they recreate all the scenes. They have like TV screens everywhere, and you know, props on the stage and all that. So like at one point, the Iron Throne will come up out of the floor, or when they're doing the intro, all the screens are showing all the uh, the houses and stuff. So they play all the songs live they recreate memorable scenes and like the songs that they wrote them for um and i will say hold the door live with the orchestra is probably even more tear-jerking than watching it in the actual show wow okay yeah i mean it, it is beautiful music and uh i guess like listening to an orchestra through tv speakers or even i mean even with the show you've got like the foley of you know people having sex like a wet boot sucking mud or you know maybe somebody oh, I, I made those noises during the show <laughs> but you don't get to really appreciate the music sets so i will say that's kind of cool um you know yeah the music's incredible man like it, just like you, people don't pay much attention to music but like you know the composers there he's talking about it when they uh you know played the reigns of castamere and then they would show the red wedding and it was yeah it was intense yeah that and then the awesome. whole the whole hold the door scene and the song they played and when it you know Hodor's on the screen all that there, there a lot of people were tearing up and stuff it was intense mm-hmm. um, the intro song yeah. live is incredible I mean it's already like one of the probably the arguably one of the best intro songs oh, out geez. there ever yeah um, and when they play they started with that I mean you just you know you get the bass and the all, everything the cellos violins going it's pretty dope yeah I, I, I that was what i was gonna say i think people just don't uh because we don't get exposed to it anymore reckon with the sheer uh power of a full orchestra or uh symphony orchestra you know with the brass and all that shit um it is overwhelming um 
Uh, it's awesome, but at the same time, you know, it's expensive and it's a dead art. It's dying. So that's all going to be replaced <laughs> it, gives, it definitely gives you the feels. I highly recommend seeing it if it stops in your city all for right. all our millions of listeners. Yep. Um, it's well worth it. Okay, or you can like stub hub it or try to scalp tickets outside or something like that. Yeah. Oh, please say were they giving, there was were they selling like the like the light up swords and stuff like <laughs> no. God damn it, that would no, be awesome. <laughs> they didn't sell. I didn't see any, but they weren't selling any uh circus uh, accoutrement or get your Game of Thrones hat here and all that shit. Oh, that's a um, shame. I would have bought that shit. Uh, I- like they had a couple of guys, like one guy in particular who plays all the weird instruments, and he's like. Uh, a, ma- a maestro is that the correct word uh, uh, at know. all of them so like the didgeridoo and all these pan flute and all these uh, other yeah. weird things he's probably like see uh, mom 20 years of not having sex with ladies yeah, like, and studying uh, these weird instruments has finally paid off yeah, like a Swiss a Swiss mountain horn like the huge things that I think <laughs> oh, uh, man. playing I, at the this, battle of marine yeah this maybe. guy definitely had like a ferret on his shoulder like in college um, you know, just somebody who's like, look at this ferret. Isn't it unique? I'm unique. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds cool. Uh, I'm glad you were able to go to it and, uh, send back your report. See, this is the kind of sh- shit you won't get on other, uh, Game of Thrones podcast, but more than likely, yeah, you probably do. Um, but, but thanks for filling in. Brian, uh, feels a little under weather. Isn't that right, Brian? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, great. Uh, so that means that uh, me and Jermaine are going to handle the bulk of this. Is you okay with that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. Uh, so, uh, let's yeah. see. So, let's let's rip right into it. Yeah, okay, we'll get to it. Okay, fine. Let's rip right in. Uh, Jamie uh, is giving T a bunch of S. Uh, that's Tyrion, and that is shit. Uh, <laughs> for, taking this de- for not taking the deal and going to the Night's Watch. Instead, uh, saying he wants trial by combat. That's how we ended last episode. Um... Uh, he said he just couldn't deal with uh, Shay's lying ass. Um, and then he also bitches about how awful his father is, and his father is pretty awful. Um, and he proceeds to then turn his vitriol on Jamie, calling him the golden child, and how he can do whatever he wants. You know, you can kill a king, you can do this, and you can lose a hand, you can go fuck your sister, and everything's cool. And uh, Jamie obviously is not cool with that. Tyrion cools it, realizes that he can't be mad at Jamie. Um, uh, he asked Jamie to go get uh, Bronn for him. Um, you know, after Jamie says he can't fight because he's trash with his left hand only. Um, let's see. He asks who uh, Cersei has chosen for the champion uh, or the crown champion and learns that it's going to be the mountain, which is not good news because the mountain is uh, awful. Uh, and we, to emphasize this point, we smash cut to a scene of the mountain brutally slaughtering prisoners, slaves, or some kind of random poor people. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just, just, just yeah. killing people like that's training. Um, it was dumb, uh, but like cartoonishly, uh, fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cersei approaches him stepping over some spilled entrails, um, asks him how he's feeling, and he asks who he's fighting, and she asks, does it matter? And he just shakes his head. Um, I will say, I do like this mountain out of all the mountains that have come before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy yeah, is a giant real... Icelander. Yeah, he's, to, to he's make a it strong right. man, right? He's like one of the... He's like the strongest guy in the world, if not like in the run. He is. So that's pretty impressive. They got, to, got him in, and like... 
any good like uh, foreigner that you get into a, a, a film like this, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Terminator, just make him say as little as possible. Like, who yeah. am I fighting? Does it matter? No. no. Uh, let's let's not say no. Let's just shake your head because that no yeah. is a little rough. No. Like, who knows how like Icelanders say no, but it probably didn't work out because they kept his mouth shut there, and I think it was a good move. All right, but what did you think about uh, the mountain in general and this whole slaughter scene? Uh, go back to the first scene first. Tyrion oh, I didn't and think Jamie. there was much to um, talk about there. I mean, that, no, the, just the like the banter when, when they're talking, reminiscing. It, it, I really like that 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 scene. Yeah, you get to see uh, them um, bonding as brothers, which is nice. I yeah. don't think you get much of that in the books. Like they talk, they speak fondly to each other, but I don't think they actually hang out in the same room much. Um, yeah, it seems that way. There's too much going on, and that when they're finally in a jail, but like you know, nobody can talk to Jamie like that, and he just calls you know pretty much calls him a dirtbag and all that stuff, and nobody would nobody would do that, but he doesn't. So it's nice to see. And then the the last, you know, you fuck your sister, and he's like, "Hey, watch it, dude." Yeah, and I feel like he oh. said that a couple times. Like, there's been enough of the like. He's, there's been a previous watch yourself, or I don't know. Like, why bother? I mean, he knows. Just be. Yeah, Tyrion's really like. <laughs> Tyrion's done some stupid stuff, but it's mostly just you know, getting after whores and drinking. He's like, he's done like legit bad things to the realm, and he's still the golden boy. Yeah, um, that's just how much people or his, his dad especially hates Tyrion. Yeah, and once um, again, we we still don't know. The whole story, besides uh, Brian and I have talked about that, isn't that right, Brian? Yeah. About like we don't know the full extent, or in the books or in the show, of why he hates uh, Tyrion so much, Tywin. Besides yeah. the fact that um, his wife died in the in giving birth to Tyrion, so obviously that'll piss off anybody who's petty like that. I, you know, some resentment. <laughs> and there's also the theory that. Um, uh, Tyrion is a hidden Targaryen, and his father was the Mad King who had Prima Nocta or something like that with uh, Joanna Lannister. Um, so that's another reason why he could hate uh, Tyrion, which would make a lot of sense. So yeah, I'd probably hate him too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything about the mountain? Uh, and then the mountain scene was just yeah. I think cartoonish was the best way to put it. Um, like. He's they just round up all these people, like, like, hey, cut these people in half. Yeah, like, what, what, what the, the fuck is that? that? That, I mean, I mean, uh, it just doesn't make any sense, right? It was awesome. It was hilarious. You, right. Um, I said it was fun. Like, it was cartoonish, but it was uh, uh, fun. I'm like, okay, this is not real life. It never was. Yeah, because it's not practice. What is he? That's not practice for him. It's just, what, keep his blade dull? You know, <laughs> let me cut some people in half and then make sure it's cutting right. I want to stab somebody and I lift them off their asshole. feet, you know, just to see if I could, like, deadlift them with a sword. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's dumb. Okay, yeah, so it was, it, was, it, was good. it was good though. Yeah, I agree because uh, this guy he seems like the mountain. I don't know. He seems yep. He seems to fit. Okay, so Arya and the Hound happen upon a burned out farm and an old man who's dying slowly of a gut wound. Uh, they talk to him for what seems like forever about the meaning of life and suffering and all that crap. Um, and then eventually the Hound finally gives him mercy by stabbing him in the heart and showing Arya where the heart is and wiping his blood off the blade on the dead guy's clothes. And then out of nowhere, the Hound is attacked by a man biting his neck from behind. The Hound quickly dispatches him by breaking his neck or something, so that guy doesn't last long. Uh, and his friend is there and talks instead of attacking for some reason. Arya says he, that she recognizes the men 
as the prisoners that were there with Jacken on the way up to the Night's Watch. Um, and the guy informs him that the uh, there's a price on the Hound's head, which is why they attacked, but not for leaving the Kingsguard, for killing Lannister guards with Arya back when he ate all the fucking chickens in the room and all that crap. <laughs> remember that scene? That was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, basically, Arya then asked the guy his name, uh, when it, when the hound says you're gonna add this guy's name, is this guy's name on your list? And she's like, no, I don't know his name. And he says it's Rorge. And Arya says thank you. Casually pulls out needle and stabs him in the heart. Uh, he dies pretty quickly. And she wipes off her blade with uh, the guy's clothes. So look at that. She's learning. Yep. Uh, These are the the sweet moments that Arya and the hound have together uh, before she she goes between hating him and I think. I don't know, liking them maybe, or respecting them. Right. Oh, okay. In yeah. between. Yeah. And Brian, you, you ever bite a dude? No, no. <laughs> yeah, right, Brian. Yeah. Tell tell us you have. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um. Yeah, this scene, like, I mean, it was good dialogue, but it like it went on. That guy was just dying forever. <laughs> He's had a fucking like soliloquy. He's like, "Hey, you want to yeah. you want to get us some cards? We can uh, play a little bit of cards. Well, let's tell you about my life story." I thought it was yeah. laughable that that guy took so long to die, and I don't, I don't really see the point. Besides, yeah, it's just another um, kind of like Tyrion and Jamie. Jamie, it's just building their relationship, and I like yeah. their relationship, so I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, she's quick with that heart stab now, though, and yeah. I don't, I don't remember at what point this is on her. How many people she killed, or we celebrate this child murdering people, yeah. but. Um, it's good. It's good to see it. Yeah, but this was uh, two characters that in the books were a lot bigger of a deal, and the fact that they just throw them in um, as like a casual nod, kind of insulting, kind of uh, pointless. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that, but when you see the scape, the scape, the scape, what am I trying to, the scale the of scope. this show, I mean, you can't incorporate every single person. Right, you shouldn't I, see it. Yeah, it's I, more of an Easter egg. Than, I, uh, I agree, I guess, but I would rather just leave them out altogether. Than like you know, allude to a somewhat bigger character and minimize their scene to like thirty seconds. The one guy didn't even say anything; he just got bitten. His name's Biter. <laughs> he bit the hound and then died immediately. He had like ten seconds of screen time, not even. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah, put that on your acting credits. Yeah, that's I'm in I, I'm in SAG now, and they're like, "Did you say anything?" And he's like, "Uh, no." And they're like, "Well, not in SAG, motherfucker. Get back on the line." <laughs> Is that a requirement? I think so. I think you have to be on camera and have a speaking part to be part of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, mm. You guys out there who are actors and famous, uh, just let us know. Just write us an email, as you do. Um, but other than that, yeah, I thought this this was uh, the old man just went on too long. It was a fine scene. I'm not upset about it. It just it seemed to just go on forever. Yep. So we shall move on. Okay. Uh, well... Yeah, so let's let's rip right into it. Yeah, let's rip right into the next scene. So we get uh, uh, we get one horn blast as Rangers returning, heralds John and his crew back from uh, their little field trip to Craster's Creep, uh, and immediately uh, Alistair Thorne is a dick, uh, ugh, and ugh. instead of saying welcome back, he says lock up that doggy. And, you know, no one likes it when... And he threatens to, like, hurt the dog or something, which is never good, or his wolf, whatever it is. Um, later, he's explaining to leadership in the mess hall uh, his actions and how 
that they saw that the wildlings were closing in on Crasters as they were leaving, uh, and they will be at the wall shortly. And John recommends blocking up the tunnels, pouring like rocks and water in the tunnel and having it just freeze up and block, which kind of sounds pretty smart because, you know, if they needed to get back out, it would suck and it would probably take those Night's Watch dudes uh, months, couple years with pickaxes, but they could get back out if they need to. I don't know. It didn't seem like that big of a deal. But of course, Thorn and Slint are just dicks and they disagree just to disagree. Uh, and as punishment, John and Sam are given night watch duty atop the wall until the new moon or something like that. Alistair Thorne is such an asshole. Like, yeah. I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen the show in a while. And as soon as he walked out, I was just like, "Ugh, you. Oh, okay. well, and of course he was a dick right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I forgot how much they just shit on Jon Snow's ideas and what he reports back. Like, I don't get it. He reports back with other people saying the same thing, and they're like, shut up, Jon Snow. They don't care about the six other people that saw the exact same thing. Yeah, well, you've been in uh, work situations like this where, like, the higher-ups uh, just hate you for whatever reason. Right, Brian? I just don't understand, like, what this... I. I, I... Uh, okay, all right, I'll take it from <laughs> here, then. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Jermaine, did you have an experience like that where, like, it just seems like people gang up on you and just are kind of dicks in their position of power above you for no reason. Every day, every day. Work. <laughs> uh, it's so hard. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, we all experience that. Yeah. But you, you know, you watch fantasy worlds to escape that shit. You don't need to see it replayed <laughs> over and over again. Like, this reminds me like of Jerry at work. God damn uh, Jerry. <laughs> well, what's that guy in uh, the walking dead that we call him the middle manager. Oh, Gavin, Gavin. Yeah. That guy's uh that guy is somebody out of Bill Lumberg. Yeah, he's Bill Lumberg. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, so moving on. Um, let's see. Uh, we get a scene where Bron comes to visit Tyrion, and it turns out Bron's now a fancy man, and he is uh, given kind of quote unquote a noble wife in Lolly's Stokeworth. Uh, he's wearing fancy clothes, all that shit. Um, says he's not going to fight for Tyrion. Uh, Bron basically is erring on the side of caution and saying, "Hey, I've." getting a castle and a lady wife and they put up uh sir gregor uh i'm scared of that guy and rightfully so he's crazy freakishly big and freakishly strong and then he says this which basically gives away the ghost for what we know is going to happen he says yeah maybe i could wear him out get him tired get him off his feet but one misstep dot 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 which basically just explains what happens to the fucking viper in the next goddamn episode which is uh, it's just too much of a nod and a wink to the audience. Um, I don't know. I didn't get that. Of course you didn't the first time, but I mean, looking back on it now, it seems like they're just kind of like maybe, rubbing it. Maybe. I think you're reaching. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> right, Brian? Yeah, I just don't I, understand well, and, like what. Yeah, this, I, 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 I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't understand. Uh, I think he's having a stroke. He's a bunch no. of gibberish. I've got a dragon. Give me some ships. <laughs> No, fuck that's, you, that's Brian. That's later. That's later. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bron basically acknowledges their friendship, says, look, I like you, but I'm not willing to risk my life. I've got I've got this good thing going on. Um, basically, he tells him good luck, and I guess Tyrion and him part on no, good, no hard feelings. Yeah, I think the line was, you know, if you had the choice between putting your cock in a fat girl or fighting the mountain, you'd take the fat girl or whatever he said. Um, 
And Tyrion couldn't argue with that. He's like, I get it. Like, I liked you better when you were a bastard. Oh asshole, yeah, he's like, that's you know? the reason why we became friends is because you were a scrupulous, like whatever, unscrupulous, you know, unscrupulous. Unscru- yeah, I, I don't even know what scruples are, so I don't know if it's scrupulous or unscrupulous. <laughs> you've never had any. So I don't, don't know what it. that means. I mean, yeah, I've had marbles as a child, but I don't know what scruples. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is essentially the end of Braun and Tyrion, and they try to bring Braun back with Jamie later with the whole Dorn adventure, and that's a goddamn Ugh. abortion. Um, and I Ugh. guess we'll see Braun in the future. I don't know. Yeah, Braun's one of the best parts of this show, so I'm sure he's <laughs> in the book. He basically wanna... disappears, but you hear rumors of him. Basically, he has like murdered everybody uh, uh, everybody in Lolly's uh like family and is now lord of strokeworth and he named his uh bastard child cuz Lolly's we didn't I don't think they cover this in the show but Lolly's during the um riot uh where Sansa got taken and the hound had to rescue her uh got raped half a hundred times is what the book says and she got pregnant so Bronn is raising Another reason why Bronn was able to get this noble woman is because he was a uh, upjump knight and he was willing to marry Lollies despite having a bastard baby in her stomach. And he names the baby Tyrion. <laughs> Which is that's awesome, fun. right? Yeah, that's... So Bronn's, you can't see... Yeah. Is that like a... It was it a term of endearment? Like I really miss Tyrion, or is he just still being an ass? He was being an <laughs> asshole, not to Tyrion, but to like the crown and Cersei, uh, because Cersei's still in power and he's just being a dick to her. Uh, you know, it's basically like you know naming your kid Benedict um, uh, for a while in America. It's just something you just didn't do. Um, but anyway, that's fun. Uh, so uh, they work. They keep Bronn into the TV show. I don't know if he'll stick around. He'll probably bring him back. They'll probably kill him on screen somehow. I don't know. It better not. Yeah, they will. All right, so uh, we cut. We get uh, Super Dario, bro. <laughs> Basically, he's just in Danny's room when she comes in, which is the, the creepiest fucking rape move I've, I can think of. Right? Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey, <laughs> I, I'm in your room. <laughs> he's like, I'm good at fighting and fucking, and yeah. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> and, and I ain't doing either one. Uh, basically, yeah, he's coming in to complain about how he's not fighting they're just sticking around and he's not being utilized um also says he's good at fucking and danny for some reason at one point just indulges him and commands him to undress and she scans his body and gives a weird like girlish giggly smile when she gets when her eyes get to his dick it's weird i scanned it too (laughs) she's like oh my what did you think brian uh did you like it Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah how much did you like it yeah, it would seem that way. <laughs> yeah, seemed like you like it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Dario's just dumb. Like, it doesn't seem like a fleshed out character. Like, I can understand um, Danny just wanting to get with Dario just to get with somebody. But um, it made it seem like she he was she was charmed by him. Uh, and that I just can't abide. He's not charming. Yeah, I mean, Dar- Mario 2.0 is... Uh... I mean, you know, I guess you don't see Danny like indulging herself or actually like listening to any of these dudes. So she, I guess she just finally did it for once. So yeah, I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that's not much to say. Okay, so moving on, 
Uh, we're on Dragonstone, and Celeste just barges in on Melisandre, who's in the tub. Some oh, more yeah. weird sexual tension. So we go from sexual tension to sexual tension. And basically, Melisandre is just flaunting her, um, not covering up, flaunting her awesome body in front of the meek and uh, you know conservative Celeste, uh, who at one point checks out Mel pretty hardcore as well and asks if she had to use potions to get her husband Stannis to sleep with her. And she's like, no. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate her checking her out that hard. It was good. It was weird. Uh, I didn't get it. I, I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, that's like a, that's a, you're setting yourself up for failure with that question. You're like, so you used a potion, right? She's like, nah. No. Your didn't husband, need to. Yeah, didn't need to. Your husband just banged me, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And she said something along the lines of true zealot shit, like anything done in the Lord of Lights cause is not, is permissible, something ridiculous. Uh, doest thou will is the whole of the law. Something equally is is ridiculous. But anyway, um, she says that uh, she's tried to get Stannis to leave Shireen at home before they go on this crazy adventure that they're going to go on, and Stannis won't let her. And Mel agrees, basically saying that the Lord of the Pl- Light has need for Shireen. Oh that, fuck! And that that Celise must be strong against the harshness of the light, or something along those lines. So these fuckers, these showrunners, knew what they were going to do to Shireen already at this point. Yeah, I was just, just hearing that makes me mad, doesn't it? Yeah, I still don't I, think I, it was earned. Like it just didn't seem. Like I said, it was a it was a book diversion, which normally is enough to piss me off. But it it pissed me off just because like. Things didn't really get that dire, and, and Stannis was like, okay, let's burn my daughter. They were pretty dire at that point. I don't know. It, uh, I don't know how long you've fought in the winter before, in the Russian winter. Hey, but uh, listen, I've been hungry waiting for pizza to get here delivered, and I've wanted to burn my child alive, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, they didn't really, like, they, they needed a couple. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into it in season six or five or whenever. I think it was season five. Yeah. But basically... Um, yeah, I didn't think it was earned. I think Stannis just reached to burn his daughter too quickly, and it was it ruined his character. It really did. Um, but uh, yeah, this scene was just weird. Uh, just uh, weird sexuality between the two. I couldn't tell if uh, Celise was glaring at Melisandre because she was jealous or she was into her. Uh, I don't. I appreciated the whole scene. I thought it was great. Should do it over <laughs> Listen, and over. I, yeah, I. We've talked about how much better Melisandre's um, top half looks in scenes like this compared to when she takes off the necklace in season six. Oh, but um, I'd still, I'd still do it. Yeah, I probably would too. I mean, just turn off the lights or put the necklace back on. Either way, no um, necklace off. <laughs> necklace off. Lights on. Yep. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Uh, Dario takes his walk of shame from Danny's room uh, and walks past Barrison, who's on his way to see Danny, and basically throws it in Barrison's face that he totally got some. Basically, he asked him if he wanted to smell his finger. It's pretty gross. Uh, Barrison doesn't seem that upset by it. That's not his name, good. is it? Uh, not Barrison. Uh, Jorah. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Jorah. Um, Jesus. God, I'm such an amateur. So Jorah's the one that gets the uh, finger shoved up under his nose, and he's plays it off pretty good so either he you know he's over it or he's playing playing his part well but um he's you know he goes in to see danny and says you know it's not he's not jealous he just doesn't trust dario and probably shouldn't because you know obviously he did murder his 
compatriots and turncoat to uh, Danny. And, you know, if a guy turned his coat once, he's likely to do it again. You can't trust those people. Uh, but basically, Danny says she has a plan to send Dario away to Yunkai to slaughter all the masters there. Uh, Barristan pleads for mercy, saying that it would be counterproductive. Plus, uh, you know, if he sold slaves and if he was executed, he wouldn't be here with Danny. Uh, all this convinces Danny pretty quickly, so she changes her mind and tells uh, Jorah to stop Dario and tell him not to go, and that she's changed her mind. But no, wait, Jorah changed her mind. Um, so I don't know. This seemed a yeah, little it, ridiculous. This was when the Marine and Yunkai stories were still cool, and it didn't take nine seasons to get out of that damn city. Right. Um, but you know, you're just getting. It's just story building. Yeah, it's. I think it's just like getting Danny involved somehow. Like this is all Danny does. I don't think we have another Danny scene. So Danny gets laid, and Danny was about to murder a whole bunch of people, and Bear, uh, not Barrison, Jorah talked her out of it. That's it. Uh, so I think it was just you know let's get Danny in this episode somehow, which they do yep. a lot of. Okay, uh, so we get the Hound and Arya. Uh, they're chilling around a campfire. The Hound lamely attempts to heal his bite wound. Uh, that I received from the guy previous scene. Uh, let's see. Arya says that he has to burn out the corrupted flesh. And when she brings a, like a stick of wood that's on fire close to him, he freaks the fuck out. Uh, he really doesn't like fire. Uh, and then, you know, he calms down and he tells Arya the whole long story about how when he was a boy, his brother of the mountain smashed his face into a... Uh, pile of coals melting his face uh just for playing with his brother's uh toy knight uh so it's a real sob story and basically it sympathizes him to aria and the audience as a whole um eventually aria offers to at least clean out his wound and sew it up uh and he agrees and it's just a heartwarming you know heartwarming moment these are those tender moments when uh you know, You're like, Arya and the Hound are so nice together. Yeah, maybe it'll work and, out I mean, for them. And maybe it'll work out, and you know, you get a little of the Hound's backstory and what happened. You know, I think the biggest thing was that his father covered it up and told, you know, the bed sheets were on fire, and he's like, that's... Right. Like, the fire didn't hurt, the, that's what hurt the most. Oh, okay. Well, so. Yeah, Brian doesn't agree, right? Well, Brian's an asshole. What, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Uh but uh yeah, he um it's very sympathetic because like not only is his yeah, you're right, his his older brother is a dick and that's why he hates knights. And they don't really point this out, but like Gregor never went through the uh ceremony to become an official knight. He's a knight in all but name. Like kind of like Brienne. They're both like knights but not really and they're both probably the most like chivalrous people in the books as far as all the other knights are concerned um but he hates the whole thing of knighthoods because the church like anointed gregor his brother as like a you know a chivalrous defender of the weak and protector of the you know uh the scare all that crap so he just hates the. you mean the ones he cuts in half (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he just hates the the uh, hypocrisy of the whole thing. Um, get it? So I'm with the it. hound. I get it. Yeah, I get it too. And you know, obviously, you like the hound. He's a dick, but you kind of like him. That's his whole thing. But he's my dick. 
Gross. I don't want to hear any more about your dick. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, Brienne and Pod are adding in. They decided to eat food that wasn't uh, trash and stop sleeping in garbage pits uh, for a day. And uh, they see that Hot Pie is there. He's the cook, and he inserts himself into the conversation, prattling on about uh, pie or some nonsense. And, and he starts asking questions. Uh, and it comes out that they are looking for Sansa Stark, and Hot Pie recognizes the name Stark, uh, but then all of a sudden freaks out, gets shy, and leaves him alone. Uh, later outside, Hot Pie tells Arya, uh, or tells Brienne about Arya, and this is after Pod said something dumb like, hey, we probably shouldn't talk about Sansa. People are, she's a traitor and they might want to hurt us. Uh, that wasn't dumb. Yeah, well, it was good advice. You're absolutely right. Uh, Hot Pie tells Brienne what happened to them on their way to the wall, tells the whole story, uh, and he says, if you see her, give her this. This one came out better, and it's another piece of wolf bread. Um, then Brienne gives Pod shit about his terrible advice, which, once again, probably good advice. Um, later, they're going down the road, and they come to a fork in the road, and they can either go north, like in the book, or go east to the Vale of Aaron to look for Arya there. Uh, they choose to go east in a meta-like moment uh, where the show is chosen to divert from the books. Oh, that doesn't happen in the books? No, but it's uh, I hate meta moments in art, especially when it's clunky like this. Um, you mean actual fork in the road? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just really dumb. It's not, And they, they've already diverted from the books so many times. It's like, you know. It could have been like a dead horse and they just started to kick it again. That would have been even better. Should we kick it? Uh, yeah, let's kick it. <laughs> uh, I will say I missed some hot pie. Hot pie, he, he had some good levity to the show. He was delightful, you know. And yeah. that guy came back all for, you know, one episode, but, uh, you know, I'm sure he got paid. And he has, he, I think he has the best name in the show, too. I mean, yeah. his name's Hot Pie. Yeah. And he screams Hot Pie when he goes into battle, which is great, too. <laughs> That's uh, what but, I scream in the bedroom. Yeah, but other than that, this Brienne Pod um, duo, I guess, how do you feel about their relationship? Because I feel it's not as endearing as it is in the books because the characters are so different. They're trying to make Pod like a bumbling fool, uh, where previously his most defining characteristic was he's really good at sex. Good at sex. He's safe, Tyrion. Um, he knows a lot, you know, when he's actually... Mm-hmm. He knows the stuff that Brienne doesn't know, and I guess that's why you want, you know, you want them together. Yeah. She she can fight. He knows all the houses, all the stuff. He knows not to talk out loud in taverns where people will try and kill you. Right, which once uh, again, I agree with you, is good advice. They can't be just talking about, hey, we're looking for this traitor. Uh, you know, just weird. It's not, it's yeah. not good detective work. Um, uh, but let's move on. Uh, okay, so we get another, uh, yet the third visit to Tyrion in his cell, this time by Oberyn. Oberyn relates a story about going to visit the Lannisters as a boy, on a failed marriage proposal trip. I guess that's what you did. You took your kids to see other rich people's kids and said, hey, let's have these idiots get married. Uh, but it didn't work out. But uh, the biggest disappointment was that uh, Tyrion was not the freak they were told about. Instead, he was just a smaller-than-normal baby with a larger-than-normal head. Um, and then he talks about how his sister Cersei pinched his penis, making him cry, saying he'd be dead soon enough. Uh, mm. and Jamie stopped her from doing it, which is like a little microcosm of everybody's relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And then Oberon goes on this 
tirade about how he wants justice for the murder of his sister and it builds and builds and builds um and his sister was murdered during robert's rebellion when the lannisters took king's landing um they killed the entire royal family um including elia and her two uh children uh i believe his line is you killed my father prepared prepared to die exactly and actually that's we'll get to that in a second but the whole like tirade ramps up and culminates in her promise to be Tyrion's champion it's very uplifting so this is false hope but yeah uh supposedly this character is uh indigo montoya a toya whatever the guy from princess bride is only it doesn't turn out (laughs) quite the same way and that's intentionally done done for that reason you know what i mean like he's trying to subvert uh fantasy and just normal stereo tropes that we just accept uh, and once again, this he says it's for justice, but it's basically for revenge. And I really think that uh, the whole point of these books is revenge is never a good pursuit, which I think is why Arya is going to bite it. Oh, shit. But uh, I will say, like, the whole season, anything with the, the Viper is, like, this This season was great. Yeah, he's, scene, he's a terrific know, actor. He, he, yeah, he... I mean, this was just a conversation with him and Tyrion in prison, and it was like a really good scene. It was very, and, uh, it was very intimate. You know what I mean? He kind of like, you know, didn't whisper. It gave you the lines. feels if it you did. if you go so far. It did. It gave me some feels. I'll say that. Yeah. So, and you know, everybody, I think everybody shits on Tyrion. He's terrible, awful, all this stuff. And he's like, it was just a baby. What what's what's the deal? What's wrong with you people? Yeah, they're so, just terrible people. That's what the Middle Ages yeah. were all about, I guess. Or whatever this time period is. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we get Sansa. She's playing in a courtyard in the Erie and is building a pretty <laughs> fucking badass exact model of Winterfell in snow, like a goddamn like right? snow, like a sandcastle competition only with snow. Uh, and then the idiot titsucker shows up. <laughs> God, oh, this fucking kid. idiot titsucker. He shows up and asks, you know, how they kill people in Winterfell if they don't have a w- moon door. Uh, and then, you know, says, Hey, when you marry me, you can throw people out the moon door too. It'll be great. We'll murder people together. And she's like that. I'd like that. Uh, (laughs) and he's like, we could put a moon door right here. And, you know, basically knocks over her castle accidentally. And then when, uh, she chides him for it, he flips out and starts kicking the shit out of the, the, the castle. Uh, Sansa basically just bitch slaps him and he runs off crying, which is great. We all his that. his cry noise as he was running away was uh, pretty good. He's, what was it? <laughs> he's doing everything. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Littlefinger sees all this and comes down to talk to Sansa. Uh, uh, basically, as she he comforts her or whatever and says he she says why did you really kill Joffrey and he says uh, because of what they did to your mother. I was in love with your mother, Catelyn Stark, formerly Catelyn Tully. Uh, and then all of a sudden he shifts gears and says, but you're more beautiful than she is and totally mouth kisses a child. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, no. I mean, oh. uh, yeah, I can't celebrate that. I, I don't know. They've aged her up in the show. She might be 18, but still, uh, you know. Yeah. All right, then I'm in. Yeah, even though, like, Littlefinger's like 50. It's okay, though, right, Brian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, and then Lysa sees all this from a balcony, uh, and that's where this ends. This begins the creepiness of Littlefinger and Sansa. Yeah, I mean it's it's already kind of existed in the shadows, but this is full on creep creep fest 
Uh, oh yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of had, you knew his intent. You know, he he loved Catelyn, and you knew his intentions and all that. But now he just went full on. I'm gonna, I can't have her, so I'm gonna make out with her daughter. Yeah, looks a lot like he looks like just like you. Gross. Yeah. Um, you know, this is like if you hooked up with your ex girlfriend's sister. That's awesome. Only grosser because it's a child. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving on. Uh, Lysa immediately summons Sansa to the throne room. The moon doors open, and she's prattling about nonsense, basically intimidating Sansa, uh, who thinks that uh, Lysa is upset because she saw him slap Robin. She saw her slap Robin, uh, the idiot sitsucker. But no, she's upset because she kissed Littlefinger. Uh, she freaks out, grabs Sansa, and threatens to throw her out. Littlefinger shows up and defuses the whole situation. Tells Lysa to calm down and that he um, tells her to let Sansa go. She's like, no, but you love her. And he's like, no, no, I'll send her away. I swear on my life, on all the gods, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Littlefinger, just every conceivable blasphemy uh, coming out of his mouth in this lie. It's terrific. Um, she's, and she finally lets go of Sansa and breaks down, sobbing. She goes in Littlefinger's arms. And Littlefinger's like goes to comfort her and says he's only ever loved one woman, but then he hits her with a dot 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 and says your sister. And then like oh. I think he does a fart noise like while he pushes her <laughs> right out the he shoves her right out the moon door to her death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. What's that? that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Lysa, you know the whole family's crazy, but. I I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, uh, there was a lot of those moments in this season, but this was another one I was just like, oh, fuck, he just threw her out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty and, great, right? Yeah. Because she's crazy. I, I, I mean, he's I a creep. Yeah, but... I didn't see it coming. Um, you did? That first go around. I wasn't anticipating. Oh, you didn't? Okay. You know, him throwing her out the thing. Uh, at the moon door. Yeah, but when you saw Sansa get out on all fours and go behind Lysa's legs... So he <laughs> for the schoolboy. School <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who are listening to us in other countries, in America, this is a discrete form of bullying called a schoolboy, in which one bully will get on all fours behind the victim, and another bully will stand and push the victim over the <laughs> prone figure of bully number two. It's quite hilarious. I recommend you trying it. A uh, true story. Did that to my cousin. We were dying laughing. He got up and choked me till I passed out. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> yeah. And then I woke up and they were just, everybody was staring at me and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I went to nap nap time. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and I distinctly <laughs> remember tapping out and the guy that pushed him over me was saying, hey, dude, he's tapping out. And then I was out for uh. who knows how long. So they were yeah. <laughs> That's, shaking me, hoping I didn't die. Yeah, uh, you probably got some permanent brain damage at that point. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, great end cool. of the podcast with that story and a great end to this uh, episode. Um, I will tell you, my uh, feelings uh, for this episode are mixed. Um, I think it did have a very strong ending. I feel like not a lot happened, uh, but... The ending and Oberyn being on the screen, giving me the chills and the feels with his uh, little tirade, it's going to drag this uh, north of mediocre for me. 
hell. Uh, I would love to give this a 3.25, but we know that's not allowed. It's 10 nope. point scale, uh, 0 to 5, and 0. 0.5 increments. So I'm going to go th- 3. Yeah, 3. All right. What do you think? As I was, because, uh, you know, I watch these piecemeal, so I'm just watching them here and there. Um, season four is fucking fantastic. Like, I was scrolling through the episodes and seeing what was coming next, I was like, oh, shit. Because it just gets so good. I will say uh, it finishes strong, this. but there was uh, definitely a couple episodes that uh, Brian and I uh, did not like. Isn't that right? I just don't understand, like, what this. I, 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 yeah, yeah. That explains it. Yeah. yeah. But that's because you two are just haters and you have to hate um yeah yeah uh this like every every scene with Tyrion and somebody in the in the the dungeon yeah was like a a really good scene and then the Arya and the hound stuff was really good you know there's a random like what's danny's doing you know they check in with random people what's doing what's going on in dragonstone with melisandre and and salise hey they can check in with her whenever they want uh (laughs) I'm completely fine with checking in with Melisandre. Um, but yeah, I can't... It was a good episode. I would go... Because I know what's coming up, the other episodes, I'll go with the three because I can't go higher than that because the other ones are just so fantastic. But uh, I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it was a good episode. Okay. Um, it can... gave me a lot. And yeah, the ending's great. Um, it's and funny. then anything with Tyrion. Yeah, it's funny. We both came to the same score, but I feel like our reasoning was completely different. I thought it was not a great episode, but uh, had a few scenes that dragged it up. And you thought it was a very good episode, but it wasn't as good as what's going to come. So you kind of dragged it down. So I think that's a great compromise. So I think we did a good job. What do you think, Brian? No, I didn't notice. No, no, no. No? Not at all? all? Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) laugh it up, fun boy. And I just don't care about a whole lot of it. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, What did you think about the, what what was your score there, Brian? Oh, good. Okay, I agree. I'm, I'm going to give that a next, Campbell's ahead. Pizza Soup. Campbell's Pizza Soup. Great. All right, anything else to say, Brian? That doesn't, that doesn't make I've sense. I've got a dragon. Give me some chips. Jesus, this guy's the worst. <laughs> he is. All right, uh, thank you, Jermaine, for showing up. Uh, thank you, Brian, for hanging out, even though you didn't say much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, wait it, wait yeah. at it. Uh, but yeah, we will be back next Tuesday for more garbage. I mean, a shame to thrones. Thanks, guys. Hot garbage. Hot pie. Hot pie.